Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Oh, hello, and welcome to Exandria Unlimited on the Critical Role Podcast Network. This is your resident monster, Ashley Johnson. Exandria Unlimited airs Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific on Twitch and YouTube. If you'd like to watch the VOD, it's available immediately for Twitch channel subscribers and on YouTube on Mondays. Exandria Unlimited is, of course, also available in podcast form on Thursdays a week after the original broadcast right here on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Okay, okay, okay. Let's jump in to Exandria Unlimited. Hello! and welcome to the Exandria Unlimited campaign wrap-up. That's right, you got me, bitches. Yeah! Yeah. And of course, you also have the lovely Robbie, (laughs) Aubria, Liam, Ashley, Matt, and Amy. I was trying to think of more adjectives to describe you all, but I gave up and stopped at lovely. (laughs) It's hot. It's 100 degrees outside. Um, Because this wrap up is pre-taped, that means we are going to throw to Comfy Matt one last time for our announcements and our sponsors of the day. Take it away, Comfy Matt. Thank you, Marisha. This episode is sponsored by Life is Strange True Colors, a brand new full-length game in the award-winning Life is Strange series from Square Enix. This new standalone story follows Alex Chen through a thrilling mystery when her brother dies in a so-called accident. Alex must embrace her volatile power to find the truth and uncover the dark secrets buried by a small town. Omar's already pre-ordered it and he's excited. Life is Strange True Colors comes out on September 10th, and if you purchase the Deluxe or Ultimate Edition, you'll later get access to Life is Strange Wavelengths, an exclusive prequel story where you play as returning character Steph Gingrich. And we're excited to announce that Steph Gingrich is canonically a critter, and she makes her mark on the record store she manages in the game. She'll customize it with official Critical Role merch, including posters on the walls, comics, and t-shirts on the shelves, and you might even find a few familiar-looking ladies in Steph's dating app. Life is Strange Wavelengths releases on September 30th, and you can check everything out now at lifeisstrange.com. I know, buddy, it's just around the corner. Thank you so much also for joining us on Twitch and YouTube. To join in our live and moderated community chat, please head on over to our Twitch channel. And of course, these gorgeous statues of Vex and Vax are available for pre-order right now from our friends at Sideshow. Vax stands at 11 and 3 quarters inches tall with his wings out and carries his three signature daggers, Whisper and Flame in hand, with the poison dagger stashed in the sheaths hanging from his belt alongside Simon. Vex stands at 11 and a half inches tall with an arrow knocked in Fenthris and wearing her white dragon armor with elven chain and signature blue feathers. Both statues have the Vox Machina monogram engraved on the base, and you can pre-order your Vex and Vax statues right now and check out our Sideshow collection at sideshow.com slash brands slash critical dash role. And with that, back to you, Marisha. Wow. 
How amazing were those announcements? And I'm going to be nice because he's my husband. So he was just wearing only a robe. Only a robe. I love you. Just simple, easy, easy to achieve. And a little hot. Uh, okay, I think that we are. <laughs> Just don't uncross your legs. Uh, I think we are all set <laughs> to jump into. Post team. Yeah. All pixelation. <laughs> we'll get the naked and afraid team on it. Um, <laughs> I think we are all set to jump into tonight's episode of Xandria Unlimited, our campaign wrap up. Welcome back. <laughs> okay, you all, if you saw the campaign wrap up for campaign two, this is gonna be kind of similar. It's gonna be a little bit of a round table discussion. Feel free if any of you all wanna chime in, if you have any questions, now's the time to ask them. But until then, I'm gonna kick it off. Robbie and Amy. Ah! Ah! Hey. Ah! This was your guys' first time really diving into like a campaign. You guys are the, the role-playing game newbies of the group. And now that the experience has completed, what do you think? How was it? Man, it's like a per vital part of my personality now. Like, I just. <laughs> yeah, you, you fell hard. It's all I want to talk about. I, it's all I want to talk about with anyone, my gynecologist. And I'm like, have you ever played DD? <laughs> talking with your gynecologist about it too. Yeah, yeah. It's super weird. Shout out to Dr. Brown. She's heard yeah. all about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so good. I wish I did, like, had done this when I was younger because I, I would have yeah. had like so many more experiences. That, That's exactly what yeah. I said. Like, my first thought, like, where it's like, oh, why have I waited? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been amazing, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. have us back. <laughs> And you were done, you were like buying a bunch of dice sets oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. How much money did you spend? I spent sets? okay, so on one set I spent two hundred dollars. That's right. Jeez. That's um, right. <laughs> but they were very sharp dice. 
Isn't that a thing? Like the sharp, the sharper, the more expensive. Yeah. Okay. Horses dice and self defense mechanisms. Right. Sure, sure, sure. You know. And they were like handmade, like you know, hand poured or whatever. So yeah, I spent a lot of money. I would say all told, like, I would say about th- three to four hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, respectable. Sure. Respect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So now I have all these dice and. No one to play with. Roll a 13. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Why. I, I know. Why did you get dice with the same number all over them? I'm here. <laughs> That's what happens when you're a newbie. Extra yeah. for ones that have all the numbers on them. Uh-huh. There you yeah. Go. You only go with a 20, though. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, Robbie, how about you? Oh, I went into a, a game shop the day I got my phone call. I couldn't do online, and I was like, D&D, help! And, they, <laughs> and I, I, love the, I love the guy in there, because he was so sweet, but he could not have been more disinterested. Aww. He was like, yeah, they're over here. And I was literally like, which ones are for D&D? <laughs> and he was like, these. And I was like, what are the heaviest, most gold ones? And those are the ones I bought. Yes. In back of my head, I was thinking, this guy doesn't know I'm going to be on Critical Role, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but um, I bought that one, and then they betrayed me over and over again, and I started to just gobble up anymore. I, I bought some off of Etsy. I bought yeah, some with a stupid monster eye in it. And then I had a moment, like, right before we were starting where I was looking online, and I found one uh, made out of human bone. Oh, and I was sitting there at, like, 2 cool. in the morning just going... Is this the moment where my life changes irrevocably forever? <laughs> Do I buy my first human body part made out of dice? And I decided against it. But if I play again, I might no, have see. I might have to get those murder rocks. Hey. I don't know. No, dude. Like, like legit. And talk to Mersh about this. Like, I I want to be in my will that when I pass away, like. Ashes made into gemstones and put on rings and then passed out as magical artifacts. Nice. I want to have bones put into dice and like be passed on as relics. Like I got plans to be that creepy dude when I die. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Just, he wants to be the cursed item it's very that you Catholic yeah. of you, yeah. Matt. It's very Catholic. <laughs> it is very Catholic. <laughs> I want stories to be told about people that received me and then their lives fell apart. Oh yeah. Like I'm all about that. Horcruxes <laughs> work. Oh, you know. It's- Exactly, yeah. you laugh. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like E8 leather bound in your skin is the oh, first one. Oh. Mm. I want this face to be the front of the Necronomicon. All like, <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Uh, I for, love this for you. For both of you, on a scale of Laura to Liam, after your eight episodes of uh, VXU, do you think that? Uh, uh, are you on the Liam end of the spectrum, or you think the universe is cold and uncaring and doesn't give a shit about you and? The dice don't matter, just you roll and you get what you get, or are you on the Laura side where you think that dice are imbued with qualities and magic and strength and do you favor ones over another? I started there, yeah. ended at Liam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like rolling 13s the whole, and I was like, you motherfucker, I paid $200 for you. Uh, yeah, so I started there. I was like, which one am I gonna use today? And um, they all failed me in the end, but it's fine. <laughs> they told the story. You're talking to the kid that was convinced when he was five years old that if I stared a flame long enough, I could make it move. I was pretty oh, sure I had ESP. I did so. that too. Oh, you did? Yes. Yay. Especially after watching Matilda. Did anyone yeah, get into that after yeah. Matilda? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, where's Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> Please come. Yeah. So I think that we're tapped into, I don't, you know, maybe the universe, maybe the universe can just go, just a little bit, yeah. but if, if it did, it was not blowing on my dice this eight <laughs> round for sure. Yeah, you had some rough, Woo! you had some rough rolls, buddy. Woo! I feel like I'm no so one had sorry. worse rolls than Matt. Oh, it's yeah. the DM's curse. It's, oh, it, really? Every time I've ever the been thing. a player, it, it, but, but I will say, I will say, they're bad 
all the time, but then occasionally come together when it's needed most. Okay. Story dice. Exactly. I love story dice. I'm happy for that. I'm happy yeah. for that spread. And to be fair, I love failing. Like to me, that's where the real fun of the RPG yeah. comes in. Because like succeeding is fine, and sometimes it can be really fun. But failure, if you lean with it, can just be so much more fun because it makes everyone else around you go, no! And you're like, yeah, you got to deal with it now. <laughs> I feel like luck, I feel like honestly, at the arc, and I think hopefully when people watch it, I feel like luck shifted for me. Like, and it helped with it my, did. it helped with my character arc. Like I was just real dog shit. I felt like finally by the end, I was like manifesting some decent roles and doing some cool shit. And I thought that was fun for my character arc too, because yeah. he was so sort of unsure of himself in the beginning. And then as the, and, but that's just the way it rolled. Could I could have just stayed at sad sack, but yeah, it didn't but, happen. Yeah. The yeah. moment you like decided what you wanted to happen, the dice were like, all right, you just had to make a choice. Here we yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the thing a little bit. I was just <laughs> tough loving you, you know? Yeah. Just built character. Just being gaslit by your dice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't you want that. that. You had it in you all along. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, speaking of story dice, Abria. Ooh, hi. What was it like? playing in the sandbox that is Exandria, and not only playing in that sandbox, but having the person who created it at the table with you. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, I think I said it in like the original interview, where I was like, it's so exciting and horrifying. And that stayed true the whole fucking time. <laughs> Please understand that it was like, I, you, at no point did you ever make me not feel comfortable. So please understand that that was just me going like, all right, I want to try to do something here and like reach out. And this is at the end where we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the most terrifying thing I've ever done in a game in my entire life was be Gilmore to you. Oh, I was so good. I didn't sleep the night before. I was just like, <laughs> do not fuck this up. This is your favorite NPC and it's everyone else's and it's Matt's and we're just gonna go in and do this. And this is like, a, like it was one of those things where I was like, there's no ripcord for this. Like I, there's no way for me to go like, Juke, never mind, do something else in the mom. Like it had to happen for you guys to go forward. So that like, well, we're doing it. Okay, Um, what was the voice? Like, as you guys were like coming in, I was like listening to like episodes oh, and be like, okay, what was the voice again? Oh, Write down a phrase to remember. Oh God. Oh, so, yeah. Perfect. It was oh, wonderful. Yeah. It was so fun. Like perfect. genuinely probably one of my one of my strangely surreal positive moments to date, like top, 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 wow. because it's it's weird. It's weird to create things and then watch it take on an, its own life with other people. To me, it's a very wonderful experience. It's unique to have that then turn back on you and engage you, the creator, with the thing you created from somebody else making it even more alive. Like it's it, that. I didn't think that we'd ever be going to meet Mill Gilmore, and the more that began to come up in the narrative, I was like, oh my god, is this gonna happen? And then when it happened, like I felt like, I don't know, I, I got weirdly emotional about it, and also felt like a, like a six-year-old getting to the Christmas tree in the morning, I don't know, it was so cool. It was so cool. Well, and beyond that, I thought, I mean, Dariax was kind of like an off type role for Matt, I feel like, personally. But Dariax works great because you could kind of play dumb in your whole in your own world. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, <laughs> Dariax. Dariax was designed to be unlike any other character I've really played. I'm, I'm used to playing, you know, the very like 
sit back and support, you know, fill the roles that are needed, mm. you know, to be the voice of reason, to be the the person that helps other people when they're struggling with coming up with something to kind of come in there and, and lift them up. No, he's just a full chaos demon. He's just a tumbleweed of a person. And and I I I I told Travis this. I'm like I kind of wanted to take a page from Travis's book of of impulse role playing and try it out because I've never done that before. Oh, and plain as day, and it was super endearing. Oh, it was so, so much fun. Good. It was so much fun. And I and like much like Travis's point, being able to have everyone else be careful and guarded, and like a mystery present itself, and everyone be like, okay, how do we carefully approach this? Mm -hmm. Like I'm already running, there, yeah, and they're yeah. like, no, like <laughs> that is a joyous. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and. Uh, no, it was great. Well, I, before we get too deep into that, because I do want to start jumping into more story-specific stuff, but we can't talk about the story without having Anjali Bamani! Hey! 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 I missed you so much! <laughs> Welcome so back! Much. You had so much that you had to do, and I couldn't come help you and save you because of my Anjali was also watching from the sidelines, and it was great because she kept texting me, being like, "Shit, I know that they should do this. Why aren't they doing this thing?" And I was like, "I feel your pain. Yeah. I know yeah, exactly." And she's like, "I need to text them." I'm like, "You can't. You can't. No. It's done. It's already done. Don't make it. Don't make it worse." Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, it's so good to be back here. Welcome back. And I mean, back to the EXU table again, but also you're a Critical Role alumni. Mm. So, I mean, people may know you from Undeadwood, you've kind of been around, done a few things with us, but what was it like jumping in EXU? I, so I feel like Amy maybe like two shows in, like where mm. I'm like, what you are experiencing now is was my first experience here when, when we did Undeadwood. Yeah. Where I was like, please don't make me leave. I just want to sleep under this table forever. Yeah. I'll wake up in the morning and do whatever it takes. <laughs> and now every time, like I get so excited when I get a call or get a text from you guys to do anything. Because it's just, I know that what's about to happen is unlike any experience you have as an actor anywhere else and any experience you have as a person anywhere else. There's something about the, the collaborative storytelling that happens in this place and with the people that you guys bring together um, that is just, Oh wow. It's just it's <laughs> unlike it's unlike anything that I've experienced anywhere else. Yeah. Um and I've experienced some cool shit, but this is <laughs> this is pretty fantastic. And this was the first time I got to play straight D&D &D with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Which was a whole different level of like strangely intimidating. What? Because you, I, I would felt, never have thought that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, cuz I well cuz I was like because this is that's your that's your this is your world. When we were coming together to play different game systems, or or one that you had kind of adapted for that Doom one shot, it just felt very different. But then to come in and be like, no, like I have to read all of the books, and I have to read all, I have to read the critical role book. Read the book, but I need I I have to read the I have to read the critical role book and know all of the people and know all of the terms. And she's gonna give me lore, and I have to memorize it because I'm Indian and I'm an A plus student. <laughs> you got an A plus for what it's worth. Thank you. Yeah. Thank God, Mom. Someone call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I did go. To, I did go to mommy. 
I did good. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just been, it's, 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 it's breathtaking to come back and to get to meet new people who are killing it. I mean, Robbie and I knew each other and Ashley and I had met even though not in game, but I had never met Amy. Aww. And the day that we got to do a play test together was the first time that we met. And I was like, oh, shit. No, see, it's like I'm like such a fangirl. Like, I would have thought that you'd been doing this forever because you came in. It was so inspiring. Like, I went home and I was like, "Okay, but like, here's the thing. Uh, Just like talking about you because every choice, like truly. And I think we all felt this way. Like when we did a thing, I don't remember what episode. But after we we took a break and and we asked Sabria like did you plan that? like did you guys plan that interaction <laughs> because it it seemed like so organic so organic great. and just it you're just like commitment to this character is like was so fucking inspirational so thank you she's she's a very um self-empowered character so it's fun to step into someone who's maybe a little more that than i feel when yeah, i'm stepping in that's sure. that's kind of the magic of role-playing games yeah you well, know? exactly you get to get to create something that's in some ways like you but in some ways can be aspirational and then by living in that space kind of make steps towards becoming a little more like that aspiration you know that's that's my life and I mean, I'm, I'm much more of a functional human being today than I would have been when I was a younger, nerdy, mm-hmm. introverted kid. Because through role-playing games, I learned to be, you know, a little bit outside of that shell incrementally. It's also a test ground for how you interact with people in general. Yeah. Is sort yes. of what I experienced yeah. because uh, if you're really into the role-playing and you're like connected to your character and what choices they would made make, even if you're not in that mind, even if you if you're new like me and you have to make that choice, well, nah, that's what Robbie wants to do. Mm-hmm. That's not what Dory wants mm-hmm. to do. And the way that I would interact with your character would be completely different how how Robbie would. And it was fun to to explore those things, not just from like actor standpoint, but just as a person. Yeah. You know, how what how do you approach someone that perhaps you're not as comfortable with as you could be or should be? Mm-hmm. And what would a person that's lesser or better than you or different than you do? And I. That for me was like a not just an acting experiment, but like a psychology experiment. Yeah, it was really fun. That was yeah. def- that dynamic was was extra juicy for me. I, for I sure, study of humanity for sure. And on top of all of that, it's also uh, tabletop role playing games are a friend maker. Yeah. Because some of us have known each other a long time, but I, I've only know you by your work before this, and I've worked with you. But like, it just it doesn't take many games till everybody. And I've only played on Zoom with you one time before EXU. <laughs> And it doesn't take much to, to like pull a group together and you find like like friend nooks and crannies. And mm-hmm. 100%. Well, it takes a lot because you, you have to be like vulnerable. You're, everyone has to be vulnerable and everyone has to kind of be on the same level of vulnerability or else if you have that one person that's like, this is lame, yeah. then it's going to make everyone feel embarrassed and silly and stupid. So I think it, it can, like you said, kind of fast track relationships in that way. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, you guys all got pretty close throughout. I mean, we do have a group of, chat. We have a group chat. Yeah. yeah. I love the group chat. And what I did find interesting just watching, because I wasn't sure, like, because I watched from the sidelines the whole time. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we kind of anticipate these shorter run games or these one shots to be a little bit more slapdick and silly. But I was actually kind of surprised at how quickly, especially the, you know, the newbies, jumped in and weren't afraid to be vulnerable, have a little bit of inner party conflict, kind of make those tough choices. Was there any question for anybody in all about just kind of exploring those deeper sides of your characters? 
I found myself wondering in advance how deep it would get, but we have a very good GM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A very good GM who gave us a long campaign um, feel to, you know, a limited run. And and I thought, you know, I've run one-shots, just single one-shots, and those are often very railroaded because you're telling a story in a small amount of time, but yeah. this was longer and it gave all of us enough time for you to let everything breathe and let, let us knock into each other. Um, and it, it definitely got got a little deeper than I thought it might, you know. Uh, and and I love that there was headbutting and <laughs> inner party shit. Yeah, <laughs> and a sheriff's slapdickery. Like, yeah. I mean, we started. Sure. <laughs> the you know, of him on. Yep. 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 <laughs> Peeing and pooping off a rooftop. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Literal <laughs> pissing <laughs> <on> <laughs> I mean, you have a monkey who flings fiery poop. Like, yeah. that's pretty, that's a pretty amazing, yeah, like, gun. come on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have fun. Uh, yeah. Kind of talking and, like, thinking about, like, trying to build this campaign, I think the, like, the weird thing to try to, like, mash together is, one, I am a very goofy, like, improv comic, so my tendency is towards, like, Let's make a bunch of scatling gun jokes and chase that like the like third round of a herald and it'll be a nightmare. Uh, how do you do that for eight weeks? But also knowing so much about like the DNA of Critical Role is so deeply invested in like that emotional arc for a character and then going, all right, now you have eight weeks to fake it. Like, how do you get them there that fast while knowing that like, I can't let you run anywhere you want to go. Like, we have to get to certain things because, like, this is a limited run. And there were some set pieces in the end that was like, if they turn the wrong way and they don't do this, (laughs) (laughs) oh, Knox is going to be real mad. (laughs) mad. (laughs) Okay. So I think uh, if I can pat myself on the back a little bit, uh, trying, like, the thing I am proudest of was giving you the, like, ability to feel like you had a lot of room to breathe and interplay with each other and then be like, you're, you're getting where you need to go. That's fine. You chose it for yourselves and I'm not railroading you. Yeah. Keep covering the tracks. We're good. Yeah. You're good. Keep going. <laughs> I, Any direction. Not that way. Watching from afar after, you know, after Sheriff after took off and abandoned you, um, uh, I was so amazed when you guys did go the direction that you did because I was totally expecting you to go another way. And then everything turned out the way it does. And I was like, oh, that was, thank God I wasn't there. <laughs> I would have said, no, 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 let's take care of your other bet. I'll go down there and you guys go ahead. But uh, that, that was, uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm getting excited all from, like I'm getting all excited about like, and then you did this, remember when you did this? That was awesome. I'm like that, that, um, that uh, Chris Farley SNL sketch. Remember the, yeah. time that, remember the time that you did that thing? That was yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you remember when you did that, the thing, the thing? Yeah, That's that was awesome. awesome. That was so That's good. Awesome. That is the version of this story that my husband heard as we were like recording it. It was just me coming home and giving the world's worst play-by-play. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just remembering cool stuff and then explaining it and be like, oh, but like before that there was this and then my ADD hit and I was like, but then this thing happened. <laughs> All right, just watch it when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, you're fine. Well, to keep, keep patting your back, like yeah. uh, I, one of my favorite things in games is to watch good GMs do their thing. That's part of what you know drew us to to reach out to you to do this. But like, it is it is such a delicate balance, to, you know, to your point of trying to convey interesting narrative threads and let the players make the choices and to follow the paths and to dangle enough interesting points where they still guide the path, 
the immediate path, but still kind of fall in the line of where you hope they go to follow the macro story that you've prepared and built out. And, you know, like I said, with the short form where you don't have the flexibility of letting that take as much time as it wants, mm. to get them to that point is a very, very specific skill. And you rocked that shit because we never felt that way. It never felt that way. And it was, yeah, you're just, you're awesome. Oh, the best. <laughs> it's also just uh, like, once you have that table trust, where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna say like a group of things. Uh, have you guys ever played, there's a card game called The Mind, which is just, you literally, it's just cards numbered one through a hundred and you like shuffle, uh, like you deal a hand and you have to non-verbally like put them in the center of pile in ascending order. So you have to figure out how to communicate non-verbally with like, mm -hmm. okay, oh, I have yeah. the next card, I'm gonna go. You, is, is yours a little bit higher than mine? Should I go? Like, Whoa. so there's this very cool balance that like, I don't know, I feel like as a DM, like playing that game with you all going like, I'm not trying to tell you where to go, but like, I feel like we all know what we're doing here. So I'm gonna trust you. So like that table trust of the players and being like, you guys are all like, as much of a storyteller as me, I just have the general like longer view on this than the rest of you, but we're all gonna tell it together. So just kind of trusting the table to do everything. So I'm gonna like bounce that compliment out that you guys yeah. are phenomenal. And Absolutely. it was the easiest thing in the world to do because of you. Matt kind of mentioned, you know, loving watching the GM do her thing. Does anyone else have any favorite moments, any highlights that stick out at you in looking back? For, like with Abria? No, it with, have to be from the campaign. Oh, I mean, yeah, but also like I remember when we when we were like when you'd built out this like the the the, the hole, and like immediately we're hole? like, oh, the ash hole, yeah. and you're. <laughs> You were just like, okay, we'll just call it the Ashle. And I can like, it, it just, it felt like such a cool, like, we're just gonna roll with it. But that's just who you are. And like, that's that was just such a gift, like such a cool, not just that, but like at every step I felt like, oh, she's just, I, I guess making it up as she goes, but obviously that's not it. But like a really great, performer and GM would do that. You're just like, well, I can do that. And it's like, no, but you can't, you know, like <laughs> you make it look so effortless, I guess is the compliment I'm trying to pay, pay you. Um, and it just makes, it made me feel so comfortable as like a new player. So your like, favorite moment is right here. Yeah, that's yeah. What just my to. favorite moment oh is just a Bria. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, like maybe the pageant was a good one too. That was yeah. maybe a highlight, a story highlight. That was I, so was fun. It was pretty spectacular. Ever. Yeah, there, there's actually a question here about the the pageant and by Roden. man, it's it still might be my favorite moment from watching. It was just so good, and I do think it was like brilliant having the people who were like, ah, my character wouldn't participate, but you give them NPCs, <laughs> because yeah. not Anjali okay. is rival to Opal. I mean, <laughs> that shit not was such a highlight. I got coming in with a, I got you, boo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna let that shit fly. That was, I was nothing good. like a good back. It was so like, good. Can you, okay, so give us a little bit of insight into that uh, for anyone who wasn't participating, but you got the, because you handed out like little NPC cards. Everyone, everyone had an index card with yeah. like a character with like a couple Oh, two or prompts. three, like you like this and you yeah. don't like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which he didn't have to use. I was like, I just don't want to leave you like completely out to dry. Like, mm. congratulations, you're in the middle of an improv scene, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's the name of your lady? Do you remember? Yeah, oh, she was a remember. trip. She was oh, incredible. That was one of my so favorite moments yeah. is you yeah. getting, Sina getting Sina. Bright bow, Sina bright bow, was that it? It was Sina something I think they all had like something vaguely rock to do with themselves, like Cinnabar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was just where she was throwing axes at you. Yeah, where you were throwing axes at yourself. Yeah, yeah. I knew. I did. Orem would not have is not a showy person, so he wouldn't have gotten involved. So I liked abusing my own character. Thank you for that. Such a great idea. So good. And what did so did you make up the whole like this is the perfect character to be Opal's rival? Was that I kind of felt like it needed to. She needed. She needed a foil. Yes. She needed a foil. So um, cool. I'll tell you what I didn't oh. really expect uh, was that I. <laughs> so when I got the card, the name was spelled L I S L E. Yeah. Right. And I decided it was Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, because A I S L E is Isle, so L I S L E should be Lyle. And I said it out loud, and you repeated it back to me, and I immediately thought, that's not how you pronounce that name. But I am Lyle. <laughs> I am Lyle. God damn it. You made a choice. I went. What are letters? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are <laughs> letters are a construct. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So Lyle. La 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 la. Uh, to, that, to that point, um, by Rodin as a location. <laughs> by Rodin. I've I've fleshed out in my mind in a very like loose way because we never went there. Because as you know, when you're GMing, like you only flesh out as much as you really need to, because otherwise, you break as a human being and turn to ash. <laughs> um, so turn to it ash. wasn't until that we were going to by Rodin in the story I went, oh my god, I get to experience by Rodin and I have no idea what to expect. Right. Because I had nothing really established for it. And so it was one of the coolest experiences to go to a place in Exandria that I knew of yeah. and had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. And I basically, love that. Yeah, basically a footnote, really, until now. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's very fleshed out. And there's something in the water in Byroden right, that makes twins. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, like when, when oh, I, I remember asking Abria and Matt, like when I was coming up, with Opal, because she's really kind of inspired by a friend of mine, not like the character traits, but like where she's from. My friend is from Laredo, Texas, and I just always found it like so interesting that they just had like this rich culture that had nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> um, and so I was like, where would she be from? Like, I want like a loud but small town that's like really culturally kind of like a little bubble. Um, like, what, where is that place? Far from everywhere, kind of like a one-road place, by the road. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, it was really fun to do that. I think my one of my favorite moments was, uh, I think it was like right before one of the play tests, you were leaning over and asking Matt about Byroden, because you like wanted something for your backstory, like, and I was like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Yeah. Don't look at him. Yeah. Like, I'm the GM. Yes. No, I'm the GM, and yep. we're going to have to talk. I love yep. it. I love it. I have ideas. It was so good. Those were some of my favorite moments with you. Yes. Because it was, we're, especially us, we're so conditioned to look to Matt. And I loved when those moments happened where you were just like, hey, I'm running this game. Yes. I yep. fear. Yes. Yep. And I was just like, oh man, I just was so inspired how you came into this space and were just like, my space, my room, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I just I like, I, I'm so impressed by you and so blown away by this whole uh, everything. I just, I adore you. Well, jumping off of that, because I am curious to hear from Ashley and Liam about what it was like to 
go and visit Byroden, this kind of new Byroden that that the twins were from. Which now I'm trying to imagine Vex and Vex from Byroden. Uh, yes. And you're like, oh, that's why they turned out the way they did. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, that fucking pageant. Oh, fuck <laughs> this <laughs> fucking pageant. It's for sure you had to be oh, the pageant. Like, for sure. Really the goth kids that had nothing to do yeah. with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. sat in the way back going, like, this is such bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, like, one year, like, they were made to do it. I don't yes. know. Yeah, like, yeah I could see Vex being year, pushed like, into it. Uh-huh. 100%. Onto the stage. My favorite thing about EXU, I, I came into this to a little bit be an audience member in my own game. Like I've designed Orem to be support, which I was a little uh, bumped by everyone going like, where should we go, Orem? I'm like, no, 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 I'm <laughs> I'm not the leader. Um, but I really loved watching everyone who came to visit. And I, and I kind of consider you as a visitor in this game too, just because I'm so used to you being over there and you were having so much fun uh, just following your own nose this whole game and and so like getting to see you put on a different hat and just have fun and getting to see you come back after I mean see our cast watched Undeadwood together uh, for the first time and we're blown away by it so to have you come and join us has been I'm just so glad that you're you're part of uh, this tapestry now mm-hmm Seeing you, and I know, I know how much experience you have, and I know that, like, of course you came in here and owned it, because, you know, like, everyone talks about, you know, a, a success, overnight success after 10 years of work, right? Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but to see you, like, pick up this world that has been eight, eight-ish years in the making, and then just make it your own is beautiful. And I, and I would just be like, fall out of character and just be like, <laughs> yeah. listening yeah. to you narrate. And then my my favorite part is just you two noobs watching you see how in-depth it goes. Because anyone who comes and joins us for a game has fun. And you do slapdick humor, and it's funny, and there's jokes. Jokes get slung around, but it's only if you stay for a little while where it starts to sink in. And to see you, like, negotiate with uh, a queen of spiders <laughs> in such, like, a, a an emotionally, morally fraught situation, and to see you... At the end, like to, the the choice to put that crown on, you're the devil. To, yeah. For you to put that crown on was such an interesting moment in the story, and and you know we're all just playing make believe and and making stuff up and pulling shit out of our ass, but it's more than that. And there's so much magic. It's the it's like a theater lab. It's the be- for me. It's always been like the best shit you get out of a rehearsal room because you can try anything. There's you fail, so what? Magic happens. And but I it's love very inspiring this. watching you and and Ashley and Matt and Abriel because and everyone but like the more experienced players and because you give permission you set the tone so like I came in came into it not knowing like is this a comedy like what are you doing um, and then like just watching you all take your time and not rushing through things and not being afraid to I don't know like dig into the deep emotional truth of your characters was like very inspiring and to have a Bria give us that kind of room to do that was that gave me permission to do that so yeah thanks I kind of want to jump into that a little bit we've talked we've done a lot of above the table talk but I kind of want to like get into the meat of some of your all's characters and especially like the journeys that you all went through um I mean I feel like Opal 
I guess give me just a little bit of insight, give us a little bit of insight, because did you, were you intending from the beginning to kind of develop a coming of age character, someone who could learn, or was that anticipated? Well, it's funny, I was telling my therapist about it today. I was like, what is yes. this? Me? <laughs> yes. That's the realest shit uh, ever. It is uh, the best. Uh, I was like, our therapists know, know about, about our D&D oh, I did this it's weird thing in my D&D yeah. game, and... Was it me, or was it the game? game? I don't know. <laughs> well, I was like, what does this say about where I'm at that I'm yes. like to... Um, but, but yeah, I wanted, uh, for some reason... Well, first of all, can I talk about how it started? Like... Can we talk about that? Like the like, pregame stuff? And, yeah. Oh, in discovering it? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So originally, no. Originally, I wanted to play <laughs> two characters in one body, which was hard. Um, uh, so we didn't do, we didn't go that route. And thank God we didn't, because I think that would have been a lot. Um, but I did want to tell a story of like, uh, what's it like when you, because Abria had mentioned before our playtest that this story was going to be like about power, about your first encounter with power. Is that a thing yeah, you said? Okay. I'm like, man, I made that up. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, I said it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what happens when you have your first brush with, like, you think you know everything when you're young and then the world just sort of doesn't break you down. I mean, I guess you could look at it that way, but it's like, oh wait, no, no, it's not like that. Oh wait, no, I'm not the best. Oh wait, but everyone told me I was the best. Why am I not the best? Why am I not succeeding at this? And I thought that was really interesting to hash out, I guess. And so Opal is also like me, new to the world. Um, mm -hmm. And I always like to say that it's like her first tour uh, you know, on the planet. Like sure. this, she's, she's not an old soul. soul. She's a completely yeah. new soul and and I, I thought it was really cool the way that Abria like gave, you know, took her from that to actually having to make like really difficult decision about her sister. And, and all she wanted to do was individuate. That's all she wanted. And then in the end, that's the one thing she didn't actually want. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. So. No, that is fascinating. That is such a, like a youthful wish to, to right. Like, Be like, I fuck it. I don't want. I don't I'm need this different. fucking town. Yes. I don't need my sister. Yeah. And then you're like, oh wait, no. Actually, those things are the really things important I want to me. Yeah. yeah. And putting yeah. that crown on is so, was mm. such a a moment of like what what life ends up being, which is like compromise yeah, and compromise. difficulty and not what you thought it was going to be when you were a kid and yeah. such a great moment. Yeah. But how, what did you all think about that moment? The moment that Opal pulled on the crown? <sighs> Relief. I was... <laughs> I got one! fucking crown. If you want to talk about what we talked about with our therapist, I was <laughs> rabid about these fuckers took a vestige and they just hung <laughs> but every week that, I was like that arcade machine with the claw going like I'm gonna get one yeah. uh, I'm gonna get one <laughs> how do you feel about the crown no okay what about you when you wanted to stumble off this crown yeah but it, it ended up just being a utility though that's yep. the most interesting part of like how that happened it wasn't necessarily you know like Frodo going no I'll keep it it was it was him in the bar going I need to be invisible right or you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. it was it was out of utility and and maybe that's what saved us I'm not sure yet I it's I guess I know it's over, but like no, for me, it feels like it's just the beginning. Questions about yeah. what happens next because you—I don't know if this was the intended effect, but like I was really scared of it. Like you made it seem like a really bad thing to do, um, so I—I I didn't want to fucking touch that. I 
am I love that it was you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love because it just felt like the last person that it would have been. Yeah. But I was so nervous too because when you were sitting there and you had this choice and I was like how do we help her in this moment? But if I I wanted to encourage you to put on the crown, but I also was, I was like, like, but what if she dies? Yeah. And then I'm going to feel awful. Yeah. And then I was just like, I don't know what to do in this moment. Yeah. But I'm so glad you did it. Like the the one of my favorite things was seeing the two of you just play with such courage having never played this game. Like you guys jumped head first and it was so exciting to watch. And also, side note, I love playing with you, Matt. Holy oh, shit. Yay. I every game I would go home and I was like, "Oh my god, Ryan, this was the best. I love playing with Matt. He's playing a character that's not his usual, you know, what he usually plays and it's so fun seeing him just like have fun and be chaotic." Thyla, and- Thyla, what's her name? <laughs> Thyla Twarp. Thyla Twarp. That's no. different. Equally graceful, yeah. but that's yeah. different. That was so good. That was, oh my God, that was maybe my favorite, actually. I think that's what I was I don't know where the fuck that came from, but... Uh, uh, we know you have a drag queen deep oh, down inside. Dariax could totally get into drag. And, uh, and, I'm talking about Matt Mercer, yeah. but Dariax, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little past my prime, but uh, I don't know, one day, one day maybe. Like the way you were telling the story, like maybe Fern had put on the crown at some point, mm-hmm. because we saw evil Fern, which I'm like, have a hundred questions about. Don't keep calling her yeah. evil Fern. I don't think I said that. No, you didn't. You well, didn't say that. Yeah, I'm like, she must have put it on at some point. At some point. Like me, you know. My bad. Fern yeah. makes a ton of sense because she's so impulsive and yeah. so primal, and, primal. and I don't know that primal necessarily Choices like that even go through her head. I don't know. She's. I don't. This is your character. This Fern is my perception. Scariest. <laughs> Fern is the scariest character. Well, Fern, yeah. In a team full of wild cards. Yeah. Yeah. She's the wildest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she yeah. agrees. She lacks a classic spectrum of morality yes. that you expect from the normal civilized heroic individual. That doesn't mean she's good or evil. It's just a different concept of morality in the world because yeah. where she comes from is a wild yeah. place yeah, where wild, things man. are wild. topsy-turvy mm-hmm. and different wild. and that that is exciting. Works favorite yeah. yeah. That was the thing. I was like, oh, you don't know if this is like a construct or some like apparition or just you later yeah. or before and you don't remember. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. This yeah. is just a vert. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> and there's a, there's a meeting we can have about it later, but don't worry about that yet. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay, okay. Room. I want to meet her family. I want to just like meet her ex. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just. Know who the figures were that were walking around in the background behind Dark Fern. Oh, the oh, rest yeah. of the encounter. I want oh, yeah. that. <laughs> and also, speaking of that kind of like not not normal morality or not, not the common morality, there was just, there, there's such a simplicity to how mm-hmm. you played everything as Fern. Including the searing violence of that direwolf yes, going in so and wrecking shop yep. on someone's head, but the simplicity <laughs> of it and it just yeah. being like, "This is what I want," yeah. and like that was—it's so beguiling. Yes, you know the same as when you when when you solved the Pasca nightmare. And and we're like, I'm going to cast charm first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I want like the simplicity of like I'm doing what I want yes. from moment to moment, and I'm judging it based on I'm evaluating that based on 
how do I feel about this? Yeah. And talk about courage. That's courageous yeah. to have no bag of tricks to just be like, I'm just gonna, like, I'm like, ah! that was, that was <laughs> yeah. warm you know? saccharin id. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A lot of the, so some of the, the inspo for Fern um, was, uh, Harold and Maude is, is uh, one of my favorite movies, and Maude, I just love her as a character, and I also wanted to play somebody who's, you know, 112, because fawns live forever. And I loved that she just, you know, and Harold and Maude, when she's talking about the flowers, and she's just like, they're so beautiful. Some are bigger, some are smaller. And just how she, her whole, like, I was like, okay, that's a good, that's a good start. Um, but I think... Having played Yasha for the the three years, I think for me, you know, which we've talked about of like how uh, I feel like D&D is a little bit of therapy for me. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no way for some parts of you to not come out in a character. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like where I was at in my life was really kind of lined up with where Yasha was. You know, I was away from home and I I felt kind of like stuck. Um, but this go around, I was like, I want to do something just kind of fun and weird where there's no, there's no bumpers on the gutters mm -hmm. where it's just like, well, let's just go and see what happens. Yeah. And it's so fun. It's so fun because always seeing Travis of just like, just pushing the button and just, yeah. it, it's, it's a blast. It's a blast. Your id is a little spookier. My yes. Well, I also like no <laughs> me as a person. I'm I'm a uh, a little left of of center, maybe a lot. Where where there's there's I see it a certain way, but there's a darkness brewing underneath. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And oh, occasionally it comes yeah. out. I, mean, I want to see. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Pull Hall Ashley one of these days. Yeah, Pull Hall Ashley. Yeah. It's so funny that I don't see that. I, I never saw you as spooky or, or id or scary. There was just a, it was just like a simple, I mean, I, I envied Fern, her, the simplicity of her decisions. Mm -hmm. Because there wasn't, there was the caring about your friends, but it was based on the feelings, or it seemed like it was just based on the feelings as they came up. Like at the end, when you said, oh, when you said like, I don't want to leave you because mm -hmm. that just makes, thinking about that just makes me very, very sad. Mm, like yeah. it's simple, so mm -hmm. simple, like that decision made sense. Yeah. And then you did that throughout the campaign in the craziest of moments. Yeah. And so like, I, I, maybe I need to go, maybe I need to meet a therapist and have a conversation <laughs> about it. I'm playing a character that is all bound by duty to save everyone. I don't know what, what this character says about me and my life journey right now, you know? <laughs> but we'll see. It is a little bit like kid logic. Fern has yeah, kid logic. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to do this thing. It makes a boo-boo and it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, babe? I thought Robbie was going to say something. No, I, if I forgot now. It's just Oh, listening. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, though. You're all... but I I think... a... oh, oh, sorry, guys. You. You're right. the GM. I, I do want to compliment you one more because I think, like, we can call it kid logic a lot, but, like, even just sort of like the crunchier. Druids are overpowered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are so strong. Mm -hmm. And there's so much mechanically to them that like, I don't know, with that added context, it always felt like this isn't kid logic. I just think Fern's not worried because she's going to be fine. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? The like repercussions probably won't hit her. And I think that's what gives it that like insidious edge oh, yeah. of like, I'll do whatever I want because I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk it off. Yeah. And like, that's 
terrifying, and I love yeah, it. Yeah. It was interesting because when, when not to just be like, let's talk about Fern, um, but oh, uh, when you know when you had the question of you know what does she what does she fear? I think she she loves her family, but I I I think to that point, I don't think she's scared of things. Yeah, and. You know, which is kind of a weird choice to make for a character because usually as an actor, you're like, these are my fears. These are the things that I like. These are the, you know, and it's kind of, it's weird playing that of just like, well, I don't know, let's just keep going. And, you know, this is something that could be scary, but not for me. Um, Still figuring it out though, but yeah. Was Fern ever in trouble? Did she ever heal outside of a shorter long rest? Was she ever hurt? I don't recall Fern ever being one hurt. One time. She took some damage. Yeah, you, I, I took some her. damage. But yeah, well, you burned her the one time. Oh, yeah, in the place. I just yeah. remember distinct <laughs> moments of being worried about everyone else <laughs> yeah. except for Fern. It's hard to, it's yeah. hard to, yeah. like, as a, as a DM, it's yeah. hard to hit a druid, like, a low-level druid. I'm like, I'm just... Okay, I gotta chew through. Oh, is the direwolf still up? Yeah, I gotta get through yeah. the cool, direwolf cool. HP first. You got, oh, I, I remember both in the playtest and in the campaign, be, not being afraid for her physically, but being afraid for her choices. Like particularly when we showed when when the, that first episode when when I came in and she was like. I might go through the portal, and I was like, no, 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 you will, bad dog. Like, this is not gonna happen. One way to break a character. Sorry? So hit points is just one way to break exactly. a character. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it, and it, it, again, it's so fun to play with that person who is like, I'm gonna lean into the thing that I shouldn't lean into, um, because everyone around you is like, mm, that could go horribly wrong. With, you know, the, Matt was saying it's then everybody has to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, ugh. That's exciting. Well, that's too. pretty it's fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fun. Liam, when you kept having to deal with being so pissed at these two for having the vestige in the first place and being so worried about that all the time, like that dynamic was so dope. Yeah. That like, yeah. So that when oh, yeah. she put the crown on at the end, lot. I didn't know where you, if you were going to come hauling ass at, at her with a sword. Yeah, Liam, how is, uh, how is Orm doing with this group? <laughs> that he kind of fell into. How is Orem? It's not what he anticipated. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, anyone who's watched Campaign Two knows how um, morally ambiguous, ambiguous or complicated Caleb was. And and this guy, I wanted him to be. More, I've always wanted to play halfling. Always, 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 always. And um, I just wanted to play somebody with a purer heart. He's a, he's a little bit like Keyleth, a little bit. And um, and I meant for him. I really like designed him to to not be the person who like made decisions and and dragged everyone along with him, but who was just there to to help everyone around him in the way that he could. And the chemistry of the group was very dangerous, very chaotic. And he likes, he liked everybody in the group. Like he really, really liked Dorian a lot and saw so much good in him. And it wasn't a like, what the fuck, I'm gonna kick your ass. It was seeing someone that you think has so much good and so much potential and so much heart mingling with something that could be dangerous to them. And and Liam and not not Orin but Liam in the back is like yeah conflict put yeah. that fucking crown on Opal yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah let's yep. let's chew into that uh, 
Robbie. Yes. Dorian. What were you gonna do with that shit? My, My thirst question. trap, Why? Dorian. Uh, Mr. Sexy Pants. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, I I loved watching Dorian and his journey, and you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier with the dice and the dice kind of following you on this story. Because I I was referring to uh, talking to my crew a lot, and I was like, oh, Dorian has such nice guys finishes finish last syndrome, where you just kind of like striking out and striking out, and then it all kind of came around at the end. But you you had such an interesting journey, and it wasn't devoid of a little bit of conflict and a little bit of questioning of yourself what made you even like want to follow that journey was that the intent of dorian no 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 <laughs> <laughs> nothing of his build is how he sh shook out at all and i think that speaks to what we've all been talking about is that uh that requires like uh trust in the other players the gm and then sort of like lack of ego because mm. as soon as his build was done and I decided that's who I was going to play after our play tests after our first encounter I was like ah nothing that I think I want to do is going to shake out with this group because like I saw him being more of like a Han Solo kind of uh, chaos uh, roguish type character and the more I play with these guys my own build of him and personality of myself came out and I found myself being more of a voice of reason, uh, caring more deeply about the characters than I thought. Mm. And I always wanted them to be um, chaotic good. And um, and then I found that the more things that I got encountered with, the less good that he was. Mm, and, and it was less about um, like a, uh, an inline morality and more about uh, his dedication to his friends, which once that started to happen, especially with the bond with Orem, the, the, the through line that for me, that Dorian started to take was that uh, friends above all else, all else. I wanted to like play this like reverse anime trope. Like, like I don't know, this might not be your audience, maybe it is, like there's this cheesy ass. In this room? Yeah, I know, okay. So there's the cheesy ass, like I can do anything with my friends. And uh, once, we got, once we got into like episode three and the circuit came into play, I kind of had this idea of a through line that was sort of like, I can do anything with my friends. Fuck up the entire universe for my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so as it went on, the more I was dedicated to the party, I don't know if you guys, but I wanted to make this choice that Dorian was always gonna put maximum responsibility on his friends. That's why I didn't wanna give the crown to Gilmore. That's why he didn't trust anybody else. That's why I gave it's such a hard time. And, uh, and that was the thing that because he never had any and he was so cloistered mm. all of a sudden he found what he was looking for in his journey and he was not willing to let that go in any way so i think that's where a lot of his choices started coming from and it yeah. started to make him a little more morally ambiguous yeah. he didn't trust anybody else with the crown he didn't trust anybody else with anything except for his his crew i mean so. I, Matt and uh Dariax agree <laughs> with historians <laughs> to that degree uh yeah, man, Dorian's whole journey was fascinating. Fascinating. Um, to, 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 to your point, because he he comes in very much that kind of you know plucking bard in the background with that sort of confidence, and I don't, and I think maybe been to your point the comparison of these chaos beasts here that kind of waltzed in, but we pushed you into almost like a paternal role alongside Orem to a certain point, which is why it was fascinating to watch you two 
have conflict because it was almost like the two unwanted leaders being forced into leadership roles, the two dads who are having to figure out who's going to be responsible. Yeah, my two dads. Dad and dad are fighting. Turn the car around. To me, like as a character and also as a player, I was like, "Oh, like what was gonna happen?" Yeah. Well, because the devastation that you had when you were knocked down to chaotic neutral. Oh, no. <laughs> of oh, yeah. seeing you, you were just oh. like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> that can happen?" Yeah. I was just like, "Ooh, here we go." But it was true. I believe yeah. with with, yeah. with these kinds of games, playing at a table with friends and telling a story, like you, you have your idea of what the character is, but that's not what the character is going to be. Mm-hmm. You are you find out at the table through playing mm-hmm. what the character is. That was mm-hmm. completely 100%. my experience of it, mm-hmm. and I think maybe it's also why, and I'm not speaking for no. maybe we made choices in our backstory to play sort of cloistered characters yeah. that were then set loose into the world because that's my experience of the game. Mm-hmm. Like totally. I, I'm not going to step into this. Yeah continent and world like, and know oh, enough about it yeah. to to be able to participate so it was a smart choice good for us uh, because it was like we can just come in as sort of these not naive yeah. but these characters that are a little more m- malleable and figure out our place within the group and that was my experience of it as a player and as a role player too someone learning the game and someone learning this character at the same time yeah i have another question I know the answer to it, but I want the world to know. Tell me a little bit, tell everyone a little bit about what Dorian meant to do with that fucking crown. Because it's if, so good. What if we, I mean, I don't know that it... You may still have an opportunity. You want to hold back? Don't share anything I, you don't want to share. I will share yeah. this. Ugh, I, it was... It was never, that's the thing that hurt my feelings the most uh, as Dorian, as your disappoint, as, as, as Orem's disappointment in Dorian about the decision to, to keep it and to not give it up is because that it, what hurt the most was never about the crown. Mm. Not really. It was about us having it and us having stewardship of it and not wanting to give it away. And that's why it hurt, but I couldn't say that because then I'm showing, it didn't feel right. It felt like I was showing my hand my motivations too much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was, I don't know if it was ever about Dorian really wanting it all that bad. I just wanted us to have it. Yeah. I mean, right. I had ideas of what to do about it if it ever came in between us though. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've been planning the whole time right. after I realized that was that if this gets in the way of the group, how do I get rid of the crown? Mm. And it never needed to happen. Never got no, it definitely would have gone the way you thought. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's no planning. There's no planning. I do think it's interesting that the moment you like made this really strong decision that like we have to keep it, but we can't wear it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna so we're playing the prince now. Like, and then mm-hmm. like one of my favorite things as a GM is playing the corruption arc for characters, especially new ones, especially people with like a strong sense of like, this is who I am. And I'm like, And I think like knowing uh, what I know about your backstory with like your brother and like leadership and stewardship of a a group of people, like let's play the prince now. Like what is a leader willing to do to protect the people that they care about? And Mm -hmm. that's like one of the lines in there is like, you should be willing to go to hell for your people. I was like, all right, you're going to be the one that I'm going to focus on with this crown now. Like, Yeah. Prove to me how much you like want to take care of them. And I mean, you had such an interesting connection too with Fira, um, mm. and just kind of. And I know you kind of had this kind of 
kinship. I don't want to say maternal, but you, you kind of had, I think, like a... I don't want to speak for you. You can you know your character better than anybody else. But I loved watching Ural's connection, and there was a little bit of that from the the pregame that you guys had from the from the test game. Oh, that thing in the pregame! I know. Well, we can talk about it. We can talk about it now. We referred to the pregame, so just so everybody knows, uh, we did a few, just like we did for campaign two, where we did a few games for everybody to get comfortable with their characters and kind of figure it out. And we have since referred to those games as canish. Um, some things we kind of, the characters and the GM decided to keep and utilize as anchor points going into the game. And then some we were like, ah, that was, this is why we tested the game. That's gone now. Um, but yeah, you guys had a very, kind of an interesting moment in the pregame that we kind of used as a catalyst. Yeah, just a tiny little taste of it, which was so nice. And it was so nice too, because even the concept of Canish is so, you know, the way you brought Fiera in back into the group was sort of like coming out of the birth canal and not really knowing where you're going. <laughs> like, what's happening? How am I here? And I'm here. And and yet, um, there was all of this vague memory of what we'd done in the playtest. And I didn't, I, we had never had any conversations about what we may or may not remember from that. So it just, at first, I, I, had, I had known from when I had seen what your character was that I felt that, okay, they're, they're both uh, Genasi, I'm gonna at least have that, you are someone else from another plane, I'm gonna have that kind of mm-hmm. interesting kinship, but also there was definitely, I felt like a, an older sister thing that I felt for Dorian. Um, so she was very intrigued by his possibility in the same way that Orem was, that she saw so much in him and yet he kept stumbling and kept stumbling and kept stumbling. Um, so yeah, I mean, I want to talk about the play test, but it's so, I, I, I don't, I think they're did. asking us to, I think they're saying like, like, Talk because it, it, it became canon the minute that Abria unlocked right. my memory. Right. So we had a, we had a moment where we traveled to another realm and we were all there and everything went down. And at the final moments of that, uh, I, someone was trying, someone was trying to be the last person out and I was like no no you go ahead and it was just me and you right and uh I I took the circlet dipped out and let the portal close and left you behind in the fucking nether realm yeah it was, was this it was pocket universe yeah it was, it was even a little yeah. bit more to it that was even a little more like <sighs> nefarious um, not nefarious. It was a little as close to a betrayal as you could come without like sticking a knife in your back. Yeah. It was. It was w- I, watching it from I afar. Give it. Yeah. I kind of want to. I kind of want to give it. Yeah, <laughs> like watching it from the sidelines. Um, and once again, not to speak out of turn, but it was kind of when I I was like, oh, I think something just clicked for Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> about mm-hmm. this game because yeah, how this works and what you can do. And yeah, you guys were having your little conflict and you were like, you go, come on, go, leave it. And she was trying to thwart your choice and you just looked at Anji and in like cold, dead, (laughs) flat words, you said, it's not your choice. Mm. And I was like... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a fucking story. Yep. Yeah. It was uh it was great. So I kind of um 
It was just such a palpable moment that I'm glad our, our GM decided to kind of And also that the it. rest of the gang does not know anything about that. Yes, so just between you two. Yeah. Just between the two of us. And that you decided, because you you said it in the actual campaign, when he has, when he has the memory of everything, that was the first time I said, I heard you say, yeah, she, she knows. She absolutely remembers it, which means I, this whole time, have been... And and you let it slide, which yeah. is uh, ultimately, after that happened, was when I let, when I started trusting you, is when you mm. said, in, when we let it slide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also put Orm on a dinosaur once. <laughs> we'll, talk about that. we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. <laughs> a little different than sacrificing me to some dark. That was a metaphor. The early game. <laughs> for the, for the <laughs> record, too, we keep saying playtest, playtest. We're really just playing more fucking D and D. Yeah, yeah I, I'm it's so glad really, we had that. Yeah, I would yeah. be really yeah. bombed if we just had the, you know, the eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do. Do we ever get to see that? I would love to watch those. Maybe I know that the audience is going to be like, release the hidden tapes, <laughs> and I'll, I'll think I about it. The fucking dinosaur. There's more to that <laughs> moment that I I even want to see again. That moment was excellent. Because that, yeah, moment, was, that, that moment was that moment was dark. Didn't know each other before, like, I'm not talking about actors. The characters had never met. No, like, because I sensed so much history. Because I did miss one of the play tests. So when I came in, yeah, yeah that was the yeah. first time the meeting. First time. They're yeah. just yeah, yeah, yeah. that good at yeah. that. Wow. See, but, yeah. That's but the, great. But the playtest before, um, I uh, again, we had like, because you guys had been playing for a while, so Fiora still was coming in mm. brand new to the gang. Mm. Yeah. And so, but, you know, her being her, or she being she, she being her, <laughs> grammar, it's a thing. <laughs> um, she, there's that very take charge, I'm assessing you, us, you, you. You, I need to protect. You, I just need to laugh at. You, not laugh at, but I. I she was. No, it's I felt like I, I felt like the, <laughs> I felt like the instincts for for everybody was like, I trust you. I see that you're fine. Um, I think you're delightful, and I have to keep an eye on you to make sure you don't end up dead. You, I need to kind of teach about sibling. Like it, it was such a fast thing of like, I see each of you. Let's go. Yeah. Because that that to me was the whole way that she had operated before she met all of you because she was someone who had wanted to be traveling as two and then was one, all alone in the universe as far as she knew. Yeah. And so, um, and it took a while for her to figure out what to do with that. So um, it was, it was the, the relationship I felt to, to Dorian was definitely like, okay, at least I, I understand <clears throat> Janasi. There is some connection well, there. And the very Bronte now? <laughs> 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 uh, uh, <laughs> that's, I, you know, Bronte. I think I, got, um, I think I got twisted up a little bit in the lore when we first started. Like I, uh, the D&D lore and it informed some of my choices. And mm. one of the things I remember reading was like sort of the infighting and like personal preferences of the the Genasi based on where they're from and what type of element they connected to. Mm-hmm. And I realize now after playing that maybe I didn't have to marry myself so much of that, but I thought it made for an interesting choice. So yeah. Because because so that, that lore, some of that lore's, you know, I know it's there to be taken or abandoned, but some of it was there and I remember reading their Genasi feel a little bit, you know, a little bit more elevated and looked down and especially tend to, you know, with the fire, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna play into that because my background is it was, it was very traditional and cloistered and connected to the lore that I wrote for well, it." So here's the cool thing: yeah, yeah, your lore is inspired by existing lore, but it's not beholden to it because mm-hmm. now it's beholden to her lore. Hey! Hey! It's our lore, buddy. 
It's our Lord, but this was your Let's Lord. Let's go. <laughs> question for the GM. Please. Yeah. Uh, were you, from the get-go, when you were planning everything ahead of time, were you always going to dump a vestige of divergence, which is about as powerful a thing as you can find in this world, into a bunch of uh, low-level dummies' hands? Was yeah. that always yes. That is the, the funniest thing I could think to do, so of course it was. <laughs> okay. I was like, yes. episode one. And we all behaved as such. We're like, we're, we're not that. putting it on. Yeah. There's so many cool ones, yeah. and like, there's like room in the lore to like make up a new one, and I was like, oh, what if, no, get the bad one. I'm gonna give these chuckle the fucks one. the bad one. No, like, Here's the bad one. That'd be your group name, the Chuckle Fucks. <laughs> we never decided. That's so good. We so never decided. That was also my favorite gag running Fine. throughout. Yeah. Like, yeah. That it was a vestige so of divergence. It's like we just keep putting it in a knapsack. Yeah. <laughs> it was covered. So it's a vestige. <laughs> it was covered in bananas at one point. Yeah. There's yeah. raisinets yeah. on it. Yeah. 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 Out that you guys had it yeah. the whole time yeah. we've been traveling, like two episodes. Yeah. I'm sorry, you have what? It's like having a dead body in the trunk. We're like, yeah, yeah. You want McDonald's? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you were describing. I was like, this sounds kind of. No, nah, but she wouldn't. Oh, but she did. Oh, she did. oh fuck. <laughs> I was assuming you guys were gonna get rid of it really quickly, and I was like, oh, this will be interesting because I don't know what you want to do in that early game. I was like, okay, there's a lot of ways it can go. Like. You guys could have gotten like in really well with the nameless ones, and like that would have been your ticket to basically like buy your way into the underworld of Amon, and we could have like done other stuff with that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it like buys you trust with uh, with Gilmore. Like at so many places, like that was the thing that will allow you to punch above your weight. So I was just like, here's the thing, like you guys are level two, but that will get you in any room you want to be in. So it was just sort of like a, on the back burner. Mm-hmm. I just love that you guys like oh. wrestled with it the whole time. I was like, well now, now my game is make someone wear it. Yeah. So now I'm just gonna call you all out on what I think your character weaknesses are, <laughs> which is super fun for me. And I'm so sorry. There was at one point where I was like just yelling at like Dorian, and I was like, "This feels you mean." Suck. I'm having a good time. <laughs> I'll apologize after. <laughs> well, his feelings are very hurt. I'm just fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there were some in right. I got to wear two crowns. Yeah. Oh, a pageant oh, crown. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm uh, really nervous about what happens to Opal. I'm like, I don't know what happens to her after. <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of want to ask about that because you had a pretty big oh shit moment with Ted. And that yeah. whole end with Ted trying to be yeah. brought back as a lesser idol being anchor situation. Sometimes you just be a goner a little, a little. That's yeah. That's it. <laughs> I like thought about it so much. I'm like, what happened to her? She dead? I don't know. Like I've I've like thought a lot about it. So and I don't have the answer. Only yeah. Abria has the answer. That's true. Um, I'm gonna throw so. the props to you on that, by the way. When we finished that encounter, oh, and we were yeah. like, the dust was settling, and we're all just kind of breathing heavy. And Robbie, the first thing is like, "You saw the residuum? Give it to me." So and it starts building connection. I was like, "So, cool. oh my boy, so my boy!" Like he's got so this. So oh, he gets cool. the game now. It's like about, the, about to make a brown man blush. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> It felt right. We had all these questions. We had all these questions about why, why the fuck were we carrying the residuum around? And then it's the yeah. needles in her face and the symbols we don't understand. And I don't know. Well, and, right. and you had a really amazing moment where it, it 
for Opal, maybe it didn't feel like a big connecting piece, but as an audience member, where uh, the fire symbol you learned meant like hot and fire, <laughs> and it was Opal for the first time to be like, okay, so you, we learned that it's it means what it means, which is kind of a duh. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I did feel like that was kind of the catalyst and the jumping off point of putting together the runes and then utilizing them at the end of the game mm-hmm. with scripting it out. Um, so yeah, you guys, I think you guys actually played the long game pretty pretty well. And that's the that's the journey of, of learning this game too. Like your first game or two, you're like, what can I do on my action? Literally yeah. though, yeah. And then at the end, Literally. you're like, I take out the residuum and I use it to draw. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I'm so happy to just be able to watch and, and be reminded of watching is that it's so much more about the storytelling than it is about the mechanics. And I did have someone, uh, I did have a GM tell me once, like, quit asking for permission. Because if you keep asking for permission to do things, you're not gonna. I will. I will likely change things for a good story. Right, right, mm. right, right. So, do tell me what you want to do, and we'll see if you can do it. Yeah. yeah. And I watched you freaking wrestling a sleeping belly rubbing crocodile. A, a yeah. Crocodile. There, there is no more. Finally, being from Florida has fucking paid off. <laughs> There is, there is no upside no, to being from Florida. No, one day I'll get mine, but I'm proud you got yours. That, yeah, that is like the epitome of doing things outside of what's on your, your yeah. character sheet. Yes. Um, Anjali and Fiera were both like so proud. So proud. And it was the test. Yeah. It was during the test, and I was like, right, I don't right. even know. Like, I, I, as me, was losing my shit. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, I mean, what would have happened had. The famous there crocodile was, flip not yeah, happened. What was there was so what much was more encounter. So uh, <laughs> this is a whole thing about like proving your worth to like 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 systems of power in the world and kind of like staking your claim as like part of the like forward progress of like Taldore and Exandria in general. And then you flip the crocodile over, and that's the first time in a game. I just deleted a good like page and a half oh, of notes. I was like, no. this is fine. We're done, what do I do after that? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't no, mean that in a bad way no, at all. I good love thing. improvisation. And I was like, the, like, you made a strong choice and every other part of the story fell in the line with that. So like, who am I to like wrestle you back to my high minded really thing? to me because I think that's when Opal had no power. Like yeah, no magic. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to contribute but this knowledge? So actually, it was all your idea. Oh my God. <laughs> you did it to yourself. Did it. You know what the biggest mystery of this game is? Is how for eight weeks, for four hours, I was able to hold my bladder and I can't do it for one hour. Oh, I can't God. do it for oh, one God. hour. No. You got it, buddy. Wait, wait. Oh. <laughs> God, that was such a good moment. Yeah. I was just like, I. Love you already yeah. so much, but when that happened of pulling that out, you're like, no, 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 this is a real thing. You can do this. And I was like, of course she knows this. Of yep. course. I'm telling you, like the one useful thing about being from Florida is going on those field trips to the Mikasuki like alligator wrestling place. And there's like a Mikasuki man who wrestles the alligators, and he was like, if you're ever in the Everglades and find an alligator, flip it over. And then like he did, and then they just go or limp. run. You that's know, also that's your that's first that's time. That's They're very fast, which I didn't know until yeah. I found that out. They're like darters. They can like 
Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Short distance. If you see them, is to flip them over and well, rub their well, belly. No, I think I think if you, you <laughs> yeah, can maybe back away that. slow. You know, like you're not a threat. I'm not here to, you know, okay. whatever. But but if you're, I mean, if it's you or the croc or the alligator, you do what you got to do. It's like punching a punching like a, yeah. a shark in the in the eyes or in right. the nose or something. Your last yeah. resort. Like yeah. there is if there is nothing to do, try that. I just think when you the fighter, die, when the fight or flight kicks in, the last thing you think of is like. Go toward the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It seems very counter, <laughs> counterintuitive. Designer is in the master document of the monster manual going, delete. Yeah. Please update crocodile Ruined. stats. Yep. Yep. Tell me time. But no, to that point, we've had this conversation before. Um, you know, one of the things I, I love, uh, that moment to me is, is indicative of one of my favorite things about role-playing games, which is when you don't focus on what the rules tell you you're capable to do, mm-hmm. You just instead go with the creative choice and let the GM and you figure out how that fits into the rules. Yeah. You know, it's often the longer you play these games, the more comfortable you are with them. You sometimes subconsciously begin to pigeonhole your options to what's on your character sheet, which is uh, one of the unfortunate downsides to games like D and D and stuff like that. Is it can kind of, you know, filter you into that point. But with newer players or people that have played for a while and encourage themselves to think outside that box, is to kind of let that go for a bit and instead just go with the impulse action and then figure out how to make it fit later. And good GMs will know how to roll with it and make it happen. Yeah. And that was just a perfect example of that. I loved it so much. We'll always oh, have yeah. the croc. We'll always have, have the croc. Have it. It, it, I kept that mini with me for the, it was behind the screen for the rest of the thing. I was like, never forget. And sometimes <laughs> we're going to click on the <laughs> It really was inspiring and, and makes, like, because I may have played this in other games before, but I am constantly fighting that desire in me to say, like, oh, but you can't do that because you have to fit into this story and you have to, and this is the thing, and rather than just being like, it's a game and your imagination is the limit. That's, and that's how we should be doing so many things in our lives, but we don't get a chance to, so why not do it here? Yeah, Yeah. it it, it became a phrase, but like even my home games before Critical Role, my favorite thing to tell a player was you can certainly try. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, can I do this? But like, let's see, Yeah. you know, and it might fail spectacularly. And if at a certain point, if you're asking for too much, then you have to kind of like calm it back a bit, you know, but, but let's see if it works out. And if it fails, it's going to be a hilarious part of the story. If it manages to succeed, we're going to remember that moment, like yes. the alligator moment, for <laughs> years to come. Yeah. And that's where the real joy of it comes from. And know? the fact that failures are celebrated because they tell a great story, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not something that we are taught in regular life no. very often. There is something so specific to like DMs. like When you finally get to be like, I'm one thing, and if I fail, that's amazing. Cause like you roll so much back there. You're like, I'm missing hits and hitting a bunch all the time and it doesn't feel like anything. Mm-hmm. There's something like, it was always so joyful to watch when I was like, group check, how'd you do, how'd you do? And your number was always so low. <laughs> and you were always so delighted. The and I was like, love it. The point that I was like watching <laughs> you, I was watching you do it from, cause we're sitting next to each other. And I was like, okay, I think the problem is the way his wrist rolls it. Like, <laughs> Like truly, I, because I was like maybe maybe if he shakes it over before because you because you you were just yeah you were yeah, doing it with your it. fingers and you just go like yep. that and I was like it's in the wrist but then that wasn't it I was like maybe the dice are too heavy you can so pull like the same regal. 
There. Yeah. That's yeah. the weirdest technique. I love it. You put a bunch of natural twenties in that last yeah, episode. When it was when clutch. It mattered, you did. When it that's, was clutch. That's the weirdest thing about Derex is arguably he is one of our most capable party members. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like he yeah. when he got in there, hey. he was fucking wrecking shop oh every God. single time. Yeah. But. He didn't always get in there. Nope. <laughs> nope. And he got blessed by a god. Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. the observer. Let's no, talk about happened. that. Yeah. How did that happen? How, yeah. And how how do you feel about that? How do I feel about a, a, being a, blessed a, by a, a, an emerging less, lesser, lesser idol, idol. in yeah, the, the, the realm of Tal'Dorei looking upon and blessing? I mean... I mean, we know Amy ships you two. Oh, so. oh I like that. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be married. I think... <laughs> I mean, Darius thinks it's fine. He's pretty happy about that. I thought it was fucking awesome. Are you kidding me? I, man, I made this character. Uh, how do I put it? Darius is kind of like one of those like wind-up toys that'll just keep going in a direction until somebody like points him in a new direction. It's like, oh, right this way. Like that's, that's kind of the instinct I went with him, which is why I think he attached to Dorian so heavily. He's like, you know what you're doing. You're my best friend and my leader. What, what do we do? What do we do? Meanwhile, I'm just floating in this wind with an anchor attached to me, hoping, yeah, yeah. This guy has it all figured out. I feel like him. chain of like, what, what, what? Yeah. Or yeah. so Orm's like, I, I asked for literally none of this. It's my favorite. Oh, it was so good every okay, time. Like, this is, I don't like to use this word, but like, I feel like Derek's maybe like, was the most deserving of the wings. You know what I mean? Like, I, not deserving because of anything you did or, or the character, but he just, he just, I, I don't, you kind of want him to, to have that. I, I wanted him to have that. I will you know? say he's probably the least appreciative. Right. Because he's just like, oh, cool wings, wee! Like, he's, he's not like, like, the gods looked upon me and gave me this blessing. I've been given this responsibility. Maybe that's why she picked you. I don't know. Maybe. Like, yeah. He's just like, oh, this is fun. And this is useful. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't, he, he's just, he's, he's impulsive. Uh, you know, he, he goes with whatever the first thought is and moves forward. He's, he's very much uh, just that kind of person. So I think, as far as their the relationship with, with the observer goes, he still doesn't fully understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, he, He's not like an, he's not like an unintelligent person. I hate the idea of intelligence as a stat denoting a person's capability. He's just not as well learned. You know, he's he has a hard time focusing, and he just kind of constantly is going in a forward momentum to the point where he doesn't stop long enough to really absorb all the information. And so he has a lot of half bits of things oh, about so the world. ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a very ADHD person. Uh, and, and, and yeah, there you go. Can confirm. There you go. <laughs> so uh, so so yeah. So I I I think that's where his his low intelligence and low wisdom comes from. Is just. His momentum through life doesn't allow him to to reflect on choices before making them, nor to have absorbed all the information to make them intelligently, and that's just kind of how he goes through life. Yeah. Um, so for the observer, he's just like, "That's that cool cat voice that talked to him." So he left him. He left him some fruit, and he got some wings. That's neat. What's next? Like, that's, <laughs> that's just kind of where that's he's. That's like, wings. So cool. What's so cool about yeah. the observer? Yeah. Here's yeah. a little fruit. Here's some fruit. Get some wings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do, you think you chose, do you think you chose to play a character so, so in the moment because so much of what you've done for so long has to be uh, above board that you have to know a little bit of what's mm. coming in order to do your job? Do you think that motivated your choice to play a character That's like that? That's what I thought, mm. that you were trying to like have fun and separate so that you could just enjoy yeah. like raw as a player. That, that wasn't that wasn't intentional, but I, I guess there could be a, a layer of that too. I initially was just trying to step out of my comfort zone of players I usually play. Characters, mm -hmm. when I do have the opportunity, I tend to fall in, in a similar space. I want to do something that was very different. 
And I also wanted to put myself in a position where I had a character that realistically had no business knowing any of the lore of the world mm. that, that I had built, so that, one, I wouldn't feel any instinct to like step in and put any sort of lore on the table mm. when this was your game <laughs> and this was your Xandria. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was, it, that never crossed my mind, but now that you pointed out, that may have also been an aspect of it to just be, be able to just disengage a bit and, mm. and ride ride the ride without thinking too much about it. So, uh, I had a good time. Well, it's very <laughs> joyful to watch so you. Joyful. That was a yeah. joyful character. Oh, yeah. So joyful. So good. <laughs> I feel like Dariax would have like a cooking show on Netflix, like a very colorful one where he's just like, Making desserts, you know, pies. They I don't know. They would have gotten no. pies. They would have gotten. Producers really have to wrangle it. I was about to say, like, first season, it, it ran for like most of it, most of an open episode, and then he moved on. I was laughing the other day, just out of nowhere, because I remembered the moment. I think in the, I think it was in the last game, when Dorian fell. And when we came back from break, you were screaming for Dorian. And when we came back from break, you went, Brienne! It's like, that's, and it took me a minute. I'm like, oh God, that's funny. And then I was thinking about it the other night and I just started laughing out loud. Silly, I love it. I love it. One of my favorites was, Fear or I was like, all right. Who's gonna be first into the portal? And you were like, "Let's go!" Yeah, it's like we're already eight, half this, one foot in. No, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. We should. I mean, I guess we're talking a little bit about the pre. Like one of the first jokes we had was that we were presented with a very dangerous scenario. It was like one of our. I think it was one of our first playthroughs as a full group. Right? I I can't rem remember. And. Um, and it was like, there were a million things we could do, a million paths we could take, and one super fucking stupid, dangerous yeah. thing we could do. And like, let's go do the thing! <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is what this group is. Yeah. And, and it was, <laughs> I, was, I was really excited after that. Was that when yeah. you guys were fighting the fire elementals and they were that's way above your class? Uh, I made oh, that's true, things. that's true. We fought a lot think, of them. Yeah. So many was times the complex yeah. about the it. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, let's go in the crater. Those early the games. Crater. Like, and she was like, wait, no, I don't have a map for the crater. The crater was pre game, right? Goddamn yeah. crater. Yeah, 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 I think. My oh, only wow. note was don't go in there. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> right. we're going twice. How often did we go? <laughs> yeah, we went back. We almost died and immediately went back. It's like the GM is. Okay. She's trying so hard to be like the video game that is trying to tell you you are not at a the right level for yeah. this land yet. Like you have to go level up, and you're just like, nah, I got it. You're like, get this text out of the way. Sorry, let me just be like, clear. A god showed up and said, "Hey, by the way, don't go in the crater." Yeah. And you guys went. Yeah. And then that's why. <laughs> we just need to check it one more time. What is going? I think it was that was Orm's idea, actually. It, it was. It was. It was Orm's idea. Which is like so much for which, my trust. Yeah. It was. Which was a but, ballsy fucking move. But after that, the rest of the campaign, Orm's uh, inner monologue was just, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> well, but also doing really dope combat shit the oh, whole time. Yeah. Can we talk it, about yeah, like, like the full-on stunt show that is Orm in so battle? Can we watch Liam do like combat stuff? for hours because you're so fucking good at it and it's it goes so fast it actually is the six seconds it's supposed to be and and you're just like and that's my turn and i'm like still like and i think i can do this extra bat this extra move like you're just so good at that 
You've ah, had a lot of practice. So it's really a good. Bit. Yeah. But the, but the flare and the story. The flare. Oh, the, wow, the flare. It, it shows. It's and if you look at a lot of role playing games, you look at combat classes or combat builds versus magic builds and more magic-centric games, and the magic builds always look more interesting because you're like, I have all these options. When I'm combat-based, I'm just hitting and doing damage. Right. And yes, on paper, that's exactly what it is, but you gave a perfect example of how I love melee classes, which is where you get to creatively tell how you engage with the combat. You get to have fun with the flair and the spin and the visuals of how the battle entrusts itself into the narrative and how it feels like, you know, it can be anything from, uh, you know, an Ip Man martial arts battle to an extremely beautiful, almost, you know, crouching tiger type, you know, combat dance to where it can be a really brutal, you know, throw down, drag out, fist fight. Like, I, I just, I love You can do as bits. much with it as you can talking about fire arcing through the air. I've been watching a lot of um, sword fighting movies and listening mm -hmm. to like a, a an audio book about the history of, of sword craft. And um, what I've liked doing in the history of, of our, us gaming together is I started with, and I didn't start out to do this, but I started with a rogue, but not really a typical rogue. Rogue, he would like run at things, which is dumb for rogues. And then I made a wizard who was a coward and hated himself. Like, uh, wizards often like power trip, I'm wielding the universe. And he was like, the first, first game he ran and hid in a crowd. And I've yeah, always wanted to play. Yeah, frustrating. I was like, yep. where's he going? Fuck like, no. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm working my way through the four original classes of D&D. And now I've got a fighter, but I didn't want to do it the typical way and just be like, I'm a big dude and I'm going to hit stuff. Like, I've made a halfling and he's a ballet dancer and I'm just enjoying being a little a little Barishnikov. Hey, DM tip. Uh, write a first refusal. Always give your players the like ability to describe their own stuff because when people know what they want to describe, mm. nothing I was going, I'm good at this job. I would not have done as good a job as you <laughs> describing all of the cool shit that Orem did. Yeah, so really it was cool. every time I was just like, wait, no, you tell me. I know it sounds like I'm very, like I'm phoning it in, but please just you tell me. Yeah. What did you do? How did it go? It, it will, Holy shit. <laughs> it'll 100% inform how I play again yeah, if I please. ever play again, and I hope to, because this was You're the right. most fun. Yeah. Like it will... When when you watch some someone do it to that level, and then you watch everybody just like mass describing his magic and fern all the beautiful little details and all the little details about your martial art, seeing seeing that go down, I didn't even know that was part of the awesome. game yeah, before I, I started playing. I was too busy looking at the numbers, going okay, and like thinking like a like a person that like likes to play uh, RPGs but not role play them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, uh, you can make anything as cool as you want, even if I only rolled a four. Like, and, and I think that was something that I'll carry on forever, watching you yeah. do it. Because then I realized, oh shit, I have to up my game. Like, like you just gave me the opportunity to, to tell about how I did something here when you actually are given for me, at least with the dice, the rare moment to self-actualize. <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, I better fucking make this at least kind of cool because we are heroes, right? This is fucking Dungeons and Dragons. We're supposed to be doing some epic shit. And uh, that's always what it felt like with everything that you did. Literally. So yeah, and, and it was also, cool. And also from an actor's standpoint, it, it's, it's a lot, uh, or it's very inspiring to see someone um, show restraint in a character. And like, mm. that's really hard when you're improvising and you don't know what you're doing. I'm talking about myself, you don't know what you're doing. So like, I like to talk my way out of things and like to have that 
sort of like stillness and I'm not going to be the flashiest character. I, I'm not always going to have something to say. Um, it's just fuck. Like that's like the dream. Like that's so cool as an actor for you to choose to play that character and play it so well. Um, so I will say the diet, like the, the difference between, and they're both gorgeous and beautiful between the way you describe, you know, the, how do you want to do this? But your descriptions of your, how do you want to do oh this God. is, will go oh down in history yeah. because. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I mean. Because I don't think I've ever seen anybody else who, and I mean this with all the love, who projects onto like the person that they're killing and inserts dialogue yeah. into their brain as well. I and because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but so, I was beautiful. like, it was so good. I was like crying, laughing sometimes, like the way that you'd be like, and now they're looking at me like, bitch. And I'm like, she just like took a moment from the DMC to be like, this is what he thinks. Yeah. I got it so good. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. I've loved, I've, I mean, I love, I love playing these games, but I have loved this experience just because I have loved you to fall in love with doing it and yeah. seeing what you can do and how rewarding it is and how different it is from anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It, it's, it is so different. The, the passing the baton aspect of this is something that I didn't expect and how, I think I said this earlier, but how egoless it kind of has to be because like, I'm gonna go, actress, I love them, I, I'm, I am one, I've been my one my whole life. You would think fit well in this world and I get that, but you have to let the desire to be a star like fall away mm. and share the table with everybody. And uh, that's one of the things I've discovered was most gratifying is watching everyone's sort of egos fall away. And when someone else has, a, there's so much time as an actor you spend is so cutthroat and it's so me, me, me. Yeah. And you have to be that way to be successful in this business to a certain extent. It's just the cold hard truth. But you get down to this table and you sit with other actors, people that you're supposed to like work with and compete with and to let all the ego away and just watch somebody do something so fucking cool and just give them that moment by doing nothing is such a cool thing and why I understand it's such a cool thing for just people in general mm -hmm. to, to, to bask in the joy of watching someone else do well at something fictional or not. I think it's not only good for the game, it's good for the person who's playing it. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I've enjoyed the most yeah. being at the table for sure. When we met like in the before times, because I was like maybe gonna guest on the campaign two. Yeah, you're supposed to be a campaign two guest. Yeah. Side game. And, and I, the side, <laughs> game. I did, I did side game. But I remember like going into it, not really knowing much about it, and being like, okay, so like, like, you know, who's gonna fuck who over? Like, I, I, I guess maybe this is just the way that I like walk through life, which is very sad, or through this business, <laughs> where like I didn't understand really that it was like a, you're telling a story with your friends. None of these people are your adversa adversaries. You know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't pronounce that right. English is my second language. Um, <laughs> they're not. You know what I mean? It's not like really a game of villains. I didn't understand that until we sat down and I was like, yeah, but like, what if we make whatever, maybe this character, will, I don't know, she's pretty cool, I'm a different character. Um, uh, I was like, what if I, I was thinking of all the ways that I can sort of like make her kind of disgusting because I thought that was 
interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's not about that. It's about like teamwork and it's about telling a story together. And oh man, that's just like really enriched my life personally and I think as an actor. I think that aspirational part of it though is precisely, like not to get too lofty about it, but I do think even, this is one of the reasons why I love how they show the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons and Stranger Things, is because it is such a, when I started, I started playing when I was eight. Wow. And and because I loved my brother, and he bought me a D and D set to be like him, and I just devoured it. And then I stopped for a while. But there is something so powerful about learning how to tell stories together mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in the school system. And then, depending on your experiences, if you are in the business world or if you're in entertainment or whatever, you may or may not be surrounded by people who support that. I feel very lucky that I have. I've found you guys, I've found other artistic communities that do that, but this this genre and this, and especially when you're doing it with people who take their fun very seriously, like I do, <laughs> I take my fun very seriously, do not come to the table and fuck around. Yeah. I will support you 100% in your story. Um, and and when you have that anywhere in the world, whether you're sh- streaming it to, to millions of people or whether you're doing it at your home game, when you have that, you can take that out into the world yeah, with you absolutely. and have that agency. And then all the other crap doesn't stick to you as much because you know that exists. Um, and I think it's it, I think it's a really, really important thing. I feel like this is the most rewarding acting I've done in decades, you know, because there's something about the the connection that you have with everyone here that you don't get to do when you're like, I'm the star. Oh, right. I need my, this is my coverage. Yeah, right. I talk like that every time I perform. (laughs) (laughs) I have an excellent clarinet. I am Anjali Bamani and I am here to solve your problem. That's the first voice on your reel? Yes. Yes. Exactly. I'm Anjali Bamani. Hire me because I am brilliant. Work in New York as a local. I'm a sensible actor. (laughs) Yeah. So no, I am I am here to wax poetically about the power of role-playing games and everything that they can bring to you in your life. Four hours. This could be like a six-hour wrap-up. Um, it could be don't. powered. It could. <laughs> <laughs> but we are running out of time. <laughs> but but no, I'm I'm just so glad that you guys are able to like like that. That's always the hope, and especially bringing in new people into this and like hoping like, oh god, are they gonna think that this is like real dumb? And we're like, ooh, these weird nerds over here doing these things. Um, so yeah, to just hear that it was like such a rewarding experience for you and for everybody and uh, Abria, I hope you as well. Yeah, <laughs> this was dope as shit. I was gonna make a joke, but no, just sincerely, this was great. I live here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah you. We found the crawl space, right? We I went together. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I, I, I got a table back during on Deadwood, oh, yeah. so I'm here. <laughs> yes, they're in right the under hall. That, I'm hiding under it. I'm hiding under it. They're like, what's that rustling? It's like, oh, the EXU people are still here. We're <laughs> <laughs> like campaign six. We're like, like wall monsters. Like, give us a shot. I'm like, we've got bowls of Cheerios in the morning. Like, what? We have to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't feed the EXU cast. Don't. <laughs> Put up a sign. Read the sign. Where'd all the snacks go on the craft table? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, before we close out, I do want to say real fast. Like, yeah. uh, 
Exandria, but specifically Tal'Dorei, was something that was born accidentally from a one-shot between a group of friends that turned into a home game through a group of friends and just kind of slowly took shape through your misadventures and choices, and then somehow we ended up doing it online and it became a thing that is still blowing our minds continuously. And so this this is a very personal and a very uh, important thing to me, this world. Uh, Taldorian specifically, because it's where it all started. And to step back and entrust it to you, Abria, uh, has been a very surreal and fulfilling and wonderful experience. And uh, I cannot express how proud I am and how excited I am for all the stories that you will tell in other worlds and hopefully more in this one. But I just want to say thank you for for taking this uh, this large, intimidating task. I know because it's an intimidating task to me every time I step over behind that screen uh, and just being your amazing self. And thank you. I almost made it through without crying. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for trusting me with your world and thank you for being a part of getting to tell one of the coolest stories I will ever tell. And I hope there's more in the future and I just, I'm full of a lot of love and gratitude and y'all are the best and I'm never gonna forget this, so thank you. Well, Our hey. world now. Yes, and this world is full of unlimited stories and it's unlimited storytellers. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, really though, like hats off to you. Yeah. yeah who's like dealing with this anyway? Well, well, with that, I would love to, before we close out, I have to give out a ton of thanks, of course, first and foremost, to the amazing crew that is behind these curtains. <laughs> Max James, Steve Bailos, all of our amazing, uh, those are you know our head producers on this, and of course all of our amazing crew that's here with us week after week, as well as, I gotta give a shout out to Joanna jo uh, Jonan, who did all of the amazing stained glass artwork. Mm. Hannah Fredericks, who did the character art, Ooh. which is just so gorgeous. Oh my God. Thank Christian Brown, so which is our VFX designer, who took uh, Joanna's beautiful art pieces and made them into the amazing opening title that you saw, made them 3D. Gotta give a shout out mm. to Dogmite, who made this incredible DM screen. Mm. Eldridge Foundry, who created our minis for the show. Ian Phillips, of course, our amazing miniature painter. Noxweiler Burf, who created all of the amazing maps that you oh, saw in episode nightmares. seven and eight. Oh, so, yeah. so good, so the, yeah, so the face, so was, he's brilliant. So thank you, Nox. Um, we also had original music used on this show by Omar Fidel and Hexany Audio. So thank you for all of the amazing, gorgeous music that you made for this, as well as a huge shout out to Cole McGinnis, who did the main Exandria Unlimited theme, as well as the art reel theme, and to Kyle Santos and Clara Dali for creating a few beautiful landscapes for the pre-show art reel. Um, and of course, once again, everyone at Critical Role, everyone here at this table, you guys dedicated so much time. It is not lost on me or anybody else, like the dedication to such a, a big project to this and coming week after week, you know? And of course, to Abria Iyengar for being with us from the beginning, lending your brain and your brilliance and playing in this amazing sandbox that oh, yeah. Matt 
you created from it for us from it's the beginning. That is uh, that's all the time we have for today, but not ever, not finite. Any last words, though? The chuckle fucks. <laughs> the chuckle fucks. <laughs> Cheers to the chuckle fucks. To the chuckle fucks. Hell yeah. I love all of you assholes. For forever. Yes, indeed. Thank you all so much for joining us. We love you. And is it Thursday yet? What? I got to say it. Yay! Yay! It was me this time. That's it for the episode. I'm Ashley Johnson, just popping in to thank you ever so much for joining us for Exandria Unlimited on the Critical Role Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice. Your review may just lead someone new to our podcast. There are unlimited stories to be told, and we hope you'll join us for the next one. Is it Thursday yet? Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.